Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. In order for us to be unified, we must understand who we are outside of who we are. You're a Jew, you're a Gentile, you black, you white, you rich, you poor. But in Christ, all of that is irrelevant because you have become a new creation. So then what does a new creation do? A, a new creation means that now black, white, rich, poor doesn't matter. So then what matters? Christ. And our identity is now transformed into that of a new creation. So in essence, a Christian is a new spiritual race. Mm-hmm. Think about 9-11. Mm-hmm. And it was such a tragedy and it was such a horrific time. Just, I remember that week was just so crazy and it didn't matter. that I saw so much unity. I remember mm-hmm. I saw so much unity mm-hmm. in the world. Everybody was praying. It didn't matter who was what, because at the end of the day, the tragedy hit everybody. There was somebody from every race, every creed, every d- d- people that, that were affected by that was universal. And, and, and I, that just made me think of it, it was the fact that we were all Americans. Right. We That's were good. citizens of this country. So, again, it exceeded the confines or the mm-hmm. barriers of our race. And it was something deeper. We were all Americans. And this was the country that we were residing in mm-hmm. that was being threatened and the same thing goes with, you know, in, in Ephesians, we're, we're referred to as citizens of a greater uh, kingdom. kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So now instead of citizens of just America, we're citizens of heaven. Heaven. Yes. So that is and that's beautiful. And that is so true. So so what Paul is trying to do is hey, say, hey, listen, OK, Jew, Gentile doesn't matter. You are now a Christian. And you are a part of the body of Christ. So now your identity doesn't come from you. It comes from Christ. So we're all united under Christ. Jews, you got it first. Yes, the gospel came to you first. However, because you're a Jew doesn't mean you have the entitlement or the exclusivity because God has opened this whole thing up and the Gentiles are grafted in through adoption. Mm -hmm. So that means they have the same rights as someone who it came to first. The Gentiles are not foster children. The Gentiles are adopted, grafted in, and we all have the same privilege to be under Christ. This is the magnitude of Christianity, right? This is the big picture of the life that we're living. So now if we are Christians, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a new race, to be this new people, this new person that old things are passed away and all things have become new? What does this mean? What is Paul saying here? Now, Christianity today looks very different than I believe it did back then, Mm. especially in the Western world. We know that being a Christian is popular sometimes, but not popular all the time. You know, being a Christian and living the Christian life are two different things. So there's a standard that the Lord wants us to live by, but it's not in our own strength. Right. 
So there is a grace, there is mercy, there is provisions, there are spiritual blessings that the Lord has allowed us to have access to because we bear the name of Jesus. But in this particular world and in this life that we're living in, the definition of, of being a Christian is getting ready to be yeah. What's the word I'm trying to say here? Definitive. Defined. Definitive, yeah. The lines are definitely uh, beginning to be drawn in the sand. And I just, it's funny because I just, um, uh, a gentleman that I watch on YouTube sometimes, mm -hmm. um, he, he made a statement and he said, everybody's a Christian until it becomes biblical. Until it starts getting biblical. Until yeah. it starts getting biblical. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Like it's trendy at times to be considered a Christian because Christianity now is inclusive. It's mm -hmm. now we're including everybody and everything. And there's this sense of universalism where any and everybody can be counted as a Christian or as uh, part of, uh, you know, uh, the human race. And, you yeah. know, we all are God's yeah. children. No, the we're all God's creation. Yep. We're not all God's children. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. So I think now the biblical standards that outline what being a Christian looks like and sounds like and what it is are going to have to be emphasized and we're going to have to bring them out. So now there's a definitive line. No, this is what we believe and what mm -hmm. we're doing. And you're doing that over there. And you're right. The lines need to be drawn hundred percent. And that's why identity is so important, right? What identity means is identity is not just personal where I know who I am. But when people see you, do they know who you are? Mm. Right? Like in this world where so, so many blurred lines, like can people see where you stand? Right? Are the fruit of your life demonstrating where you stand in relationship with God? And that's what we mean where the lines are being drawn and now a distinction is being made here. And the same thing started to happen in Ephesus during this time. So like we said before, it's a melting pot. They did a lot of idol worship. There was a very polyistic society, uh, very high-minded, very high-class area. So they had philosophy, all this stuff. They worshiped uh, various uh, gods. Now that Christianity starts to spread, which is monotheistic, which means we there's one God, right? One God that supersedes all gods. This started to affect the vibe of that area and that people started to turn from the idol worship and now start worshiping like the Christians did. Mm -hmm. Now, tourism, because of the idol worship, was huge in this area at this time. So now it started to affect people's money. It started to affect the industry. It started to affect all these things. And lines were starting to be drawn in Ephesus because of the gospel. The same thing is happening today. And it's the same thing that God is calling us to right now is your identity must come from me. Because when it comes from me, all of these spiritual blessings that you are trying to seek after naturally come under the umbrella of your relationship with me. So oftentimes, you know, we talked about it, we talk about it, you know, we've said it before, you know, you can have all the money in the world, but then there's still this void there because, you know, it's not money that brings peace. It's God. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can have all these physical things that we want, that we seek, that we desire, that are nice. Trust me, we ain't acting like that stuff ain't nice and it's not stuff that we desire. Right. Okay. Trust me. We want the nice car, the nice house. and We ain't going to act like we didn't listen. We ain't going to act like we not a part of this whole thing of desiring it. But at the end of the day. Am I desiring it to the point where I'm willing to lose my soul? Right. Am I desiring it to the point where I'm willing to sacrifice my life and, and to not care about the spiritual ramifications of my decisions? No. And, and then also, am I desiring it 
to the point where it would dictate my identity mm-hmm. or it would cause me to find identity in those things. Mm-hmm. So I want to draw your attention to a verse. It's really Paul's prayer. This prayer is kind of how Paul opens up this letter to the Ephesians based on everything that we've talked about, about the climate and the backdrop here. So Paul's prayer is seen in Ephesians 1 verses 17 through 23. And I want to read through that there and just pull out some stuff that I believe the Lord wants us to understand outside of the scope of just salvation, right? A lot of times we hear of the gospel and we hear about salvation and we think it's just about avoiding sin or it's just about now I'm going to go to heaven because I'm saved. But the benefits that also come under the umbrella of Christ are not really talked about. They're not really delved into. So we are entitled to all these other benefits that come with being saved, but we just settle for being saved because we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to give you an analogy, Queen. I was trying to think of something, but maybe it'll come to you as we talk. <laughs> Plant the seed in your spirit. <laughs> so um, Ephesians 1.17, and this is the easy to read Bible. He says, I always pray to the great and glorious Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that he will give you the spirit who will let you know truths about God and help you understand them so that you will know him better. I pray that God will open your minds to see his truth. Then you will know the hope that he has chosen us to have. You will know that the blessings God has promised his holy people are rich and glorious. And you will know that God's power is very great for us who believe. It is the same as the mighty power he used to raise Christ from the dead and put him at the right side in the heavenly places. He put Christ over all rulers, authorities, powers and kings. He gave him authority over everything that has power in this world or in the next world. God put everything under Christ's power and made him head over everything for the church. The church is Christ's body. It is filled with him. He makes everything complete in every way. This is powerful because right here in this prayer, Paul's frame of reference is, listen, y'all are arguing about these things that separate you. I'm trying to get you to see that in Christ, these are all the things that unify us. These are all the things that we are contending for. And it really minimizes who you really are naturally. Like it it, it erases that line between Jew and Gentile. It erases that line between rich and poor. All those boundaries that would make us feel greater than one another in one area or another. And now it says we are all new creatures. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And now we are new people. So as new people, what rights do we have? What spiritual blessings come with Christ? In Christ... God has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. Notice he keeps saying in Christ that he keeps saying it in Christ. In Christ, he chose us before the world was made. That means he was thinking about you before you even knew who he was. He chose you in love to be his holy people. That means he was hunting for you. He was looking for you. He set this whole thing up for all of us before we even came to knowledge of him. That the holy God that we're talking about that is so pure, that hates sin, that can't stand sin, was always looking to create a way for us to have a relationship with him where he can see us as he originally made us without fault. Mm-hmm. He's, try- he's always been trying to get the reset going where he's trying to get us back to that place that we lost from the garden. 
Right. And this was from the very beginning. God decided to make us his own children through Christ. This was what God wanted, and it pleased God to do it. Oftentimes, and, we, and I say this all the time, you know, I, I, my, my prayer is that coming into salvation extends beyond a church experience. That coming into the love of God extends Absolutely. beyond religion. It extends beyond the Ten Commandments. It extends beyond a checklist of things. Okay, I didn't do that. Okay, I didn't do that. Okay, I'm going to do that more. Okay, I'm going to do that more. And now it becomes a relationship with the God of heaven where my life, my natural life and my spiritual life have become one life. Mm. And then in that life comes the peace, comes the identity, comes all these blessings. So Paul basically in his prayer lists what we call spiritual blessings that come with Christ. The first thing he prays for for these people is that the Holy Spirit of wisdom would let them know truth about God and help them understand them so that we can know him better. So now his prayer is that one of the spiritual blessings is God's spirit, which he allows to endow us with the power to be able to understand God. We all know what it is to be in a relationship, right? And the more communication the more understanding in that relationship, the more pleasure in that relationship. Mm -hmm. The whole point of how communicating, that's one of the things that our parents and everybody, you know, when we were getting married, we just kept on hearing that. Hey, listen, communicate, communicate, communicate. Why? Because communication opens the door for understanding. And understanding makes people easier to live with. <laughs> if I know what you're talking about or what you're not talking about, and it's not even about communicating verbally. Sometimes it's like nonverbal communication, which makes the majority of, of our communication. Then I know what that look means because we spent time together. I understand. I've set my mind and my heart to understand. The Bible is telling us here that one of the spiritual blessings that come with Christ is that we get to understand God. That we can understand God's word. That we can understand God's plan for the world and for our lives. That we might know him better. The second thing is that he will open up our minds to see his truth in this deceptive age where everything looks like truth, but it's not right. It feels right, but it may be evil. It sounds like, oh, well, no, that's discrimination. We can't do that. But God said, draw a line. Right. So I might lose a friend here, but I got to choose either it's going to be me, me living like a Christian or not. So it's going to take courage. To be a Christian in these days, it's going to take a dedication to what we believe and a trust in God that whatever consequences may come, I'm willing because I'm in Christ. That we also might know the hope that he has chosen us to have, that you know that in Christ you have an eternal destination. Knowledge is power, mm -hmm. right? So when you know something, people can't take that away from you. They can't take away what you know. If you know it, it's yours. Right. There's a sense of ownership to what you know. And we know things very based on experience, based on what we've read, based on what we've been taught. Those things have become a part of us. But so has Christ. And so has God through Christ. Just think about like how much we're living beneath our privilege in our apprehension of God and the things of God. If we don't understand that a spiritual blessing of knowledge is in our relationship with Christ that we might know God in a very intimate way and have that understanding of there's a hope beyond this world. Mm -hmm. There's a hope beyond this virus. There's a hope beyond my circumstance. There's always something behind what's going on. This is not the end. 
Listen, my life is not over. God has a purpose I have not realized yet because there is a knowing that comes from my understanding of my identity in Christ. That we might know that the blessings God has promised his holy people are rich and glorious. And I want you, I want you to, to, to remember that Paul is writing this letter and writing this prayer from jail. That he's writing this from a dark place. That he's writing this glorious letter to these people from a place of being confined. From a place of being uh, locked up and isolated. From a place that would promote depression. It would promote like, okay, God, well, I'm doing all this for you. Why am I in jail? Why am I locked up? What he's praying is actually coming from something that he's experiencing, which is what the power of this whole thing is. He's saying that what God has promised is glorious for us. What God has promised is rich. What God has promised us in this life and in the life to come is amazing. But we only know that when we open up ourselves to all that comes with our relationship with Christ. That we know that God's power is very great for us who believe. Now, this is very pertinent to even our, what, we, what we hear today and, and, and the climate that we're in today. This virus has become very strong in our eyes. It has become a monster. Mm-hmm. It has become a relentless foe. What it's done to our culture, what it's done to us mentally, what it's done to us spiritually, what it's done to our families. This situation and this pandemic has become almost like a God in itself, where if we're not careful, we will begin to bow to what this God, in quotes, dictates, rather than remembering that we are in Christ, who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Right. So what Paul is basically saying here is that we will know God's power is very great for us who believe. So if we believe that Jesus is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, that God is the greatest power, we will never be defeated. If that's what we believe, then the Bible is telling us here that God's power is very great for us. Hmm. For us. That, that means that if you believe that it's great for you and you're in Christ, it will be great for you. Now, what happens if you don't believe that? Then you're living beneath your privilege and you're not really grabbing on to all that comes with Christ. If we can believe that we are hot messes and God forgave us, we can also believe that whatever comes upon us will be defeated because we trust in God. It's coming from the same place. And it's just as lofty a thought to believe that no matter how sinful I have been, if I come into faith in Christ, I will be forgiven. As long as I'm living a repentant life, I'll be free to have a relationship with God who cannot stand sin, that he doesn't see my sins. Mm. It's the same power, though, that God wants us to experience in our lives when we go through stuff. When you go through problems and situations and trials and temptations, our identity does not come from our qualifications. Our identity comes from being in Christ. Our identity doesn't come from our social class because God can transcend that and put you in a tax bracket that you didn't deserve because that was God's purpose for you. That power that we're talking about, that's great to those who believe, is the same mighty power that he used to raise Christ from the dead and put him at the right hand of God, at the right hand in heavenly places. It's the same power that would raise Jesus from the dead is the same power that we have access to, that no matter what dead situations we have in our lives, whatever things are going on in our lives, there's always an opportunity for a resurrection. There's always an opportunity for God to turn our situations around. Why? Not because of us. 
but because we're in Christ. So he has put Christ over all rulers. That's all the governments. That's all the authorities. That's all the lawmakers. That's all the powers that we don't know about. That's all the kings. He gave him authority over everything that has power in this world or the next world. He didn't even just talk about this world. He's talking about worlds that we don't even know about. That God has put Christ over it all. And if I'm in Christ, my identity comes from that. So listen, I would much rather choose to be a Christian than just an American. I would much rather be a Christian than just a black man or, 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 or whatever else I identify myself as. My, my, me being a Christian supersedes every other distinguishing thing about me. Right. Because like I said last week, this transcends even our physical experience yeah. on earth. Yeah. Like it's, it's so much deeper than who we are physically you know, identifying with our family, our family name, mm-hmm. uh, our, our country or our nationality, whatever, whatever it is we identify with. This is deeper because before we were physical, we were spiritual and mm-hmm. we will be spiritual after we are physical. Absolutely. So this is deeper. This transcends what we have, what I, any identity we could ever have. Mm-hmm. So it's far greater and it's far better. And the, and the fruit of it or, or the benefits, as mm-hmm. you say, are lasting. Yeah. They're eternal. These are, spirit, they're like, these are spiritual blessings. And the truth about it is everything in our life that we, that we seek to um, feel gratified in or to feel fulfilled in or to achieve, to, to, to reach that place of fulfillment is really our natural way of seeking something spiritual. It's our natural way of trying to fill something and satisfy something right. spiritual. And what the Bible is telling us here through, through Paul and writing to these people is y'all are in a booming city. Y'all got money. You got status. You got class. You got all this industry. You got everything. You know, this is a hot spot. This Ephesus is a hot spot. But in all that, what y'all are really searching for is these spiritual blessings mm-hmm. that these things come in Christ. And it's not about your status, your class, whatever like that. It's that as long as you're in Christ, you have just as much right to all of these things as everybody else. And this is the foundation of where our identity comes from, that a Christian is a new spiritual race, that whether we across the world or in a local community, Christians are the church, the body of Christ. So when we say church, we're not just talking about a particular church building. The Lord is looking down regardless of denominations, because that's another line that's been mm-hmm. separating people by opinions. Oh, I know. I don't believe in this part. Interpretation. This scripture, I don't go with that one because it's not what that means. And we have all these lines that are drawn when the gospel is a universal message That's supposed to bring every single person together under one lordship. And that is Christ. Who you are is hidden Christ. Who you are is hidden in Christ. And when you get in Christ, you'll discover who you are. You know, I I said it last week there. This has leveled the playing field and there is no distinction between somebody who has been saved for 20 years and somebody who just got saved last week mm-hmm. or just got saved five minutes ago. When we become citizens and we become part of Christ's body, we're all joined together. And I think sometimes people that <clears throat> didn't necessarily grow up in it or came from 
um, a background or a history of extreme sin. I don't even want to say extreme sin because sin is sin. Right. But they, they've just come come from a background where they feel less than because mm-hmm. of the history mm-hmm. of what they've done or, or what they feel like their identity was. Because a lot of times, based off what we've done in the past, we sort of take that on as our identity because we identify with what we did Mm -hmm. and we think other people now look at us like that and identify with what we've done. So if we have a certain history, then we'll carry that name with us and we'll carry that identity. But this completely levels the playing field where now you don't have, you don't have that identity anymore. Mm -hmm. And the devil would like to make you feel like that's your identity until you die. But the truth is, once you're in Christ, your identity is hidden in him. Amen. So you have no more uh, past in that regard. Mm-hmm. That there is no more. Your identity is now completely hidden in who Christ is. Mm-hmm. And we are one, one of uh, the major points that is brought out in the whole book is the fact that we are a body. Mm-hmm. And we are part of the body of Christ. I don't think it's transformers because transformers are cars that become robots. So it's not quite a transformer, but I'm thinking of a toy where you have small, small toys that can be played with on their own. But when you put them together, yeah, yeah, that's like Voltron. That it's is like, okay. Yeah, 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 so yeah, it yeah, is yeah. like, so, you know, in the sense that there is an individual identity in Christ. But we come together and we sort of create this conglomerate body mm-hmm. together, and that's the body of Christ. So our identity is really in mm-hmm. being the body of Christ. We are whether you are a pinky, whether you're a toe, whether you're an arm, whatever function or facet of the body you are, the point is you are part of the body of Christ. Yeah. Amen. So your past identity is no more because your identity is now found in Christ. And you know that that's that's so crazy. So it's now, liberating. Gonna, it is. That's what I was going to say. Because when you think about you think about how it, it, in this particular, we talked about this verse last week. How this thing is set up so that nobody can boast, right? This thing is set up so that all those who've been saved for a long time and we grew up in church, you know. But that doesn't make us any more righteous than anybody else. That doesn't make us any more any closer to heaven than anybody else. Um, You know, if anything, it makes us more responsible. Yeah, it makes us more responsible for what we have heard that we might do it. The standard is 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 higher for us now because we know better. Like we've been in it long, long enough to know. Okay, now you need to you're not going to get as much grace as somebody who's just starting. Stop. And then, you know, you got the whole thing where people you in something long enough. You know how to juke and jive. You know how to get around stuff and and play the game and all that. So the standard is definitely high. But the whole thing, like you said, is nobody can brag and the playing field is leveled. And that's what's beautiful about this whole thing. So all of us who are making excuses. ah, Listen, I I can't do the church thing because I got too much. Sin in my past and all that and all that. All of that's an excuse. That's <laughs> all excuses. God is not seeing you for what you were. He's seeing you for who he created you to be. And the Bible tells us that's so powerful. And we just read it. That through Christ, we can stand before the Lord without fault. Why? Because our confidence is not in our own goodness. It's not in our own acts of kindness or whatever we're doing in our own strength because we always have to watch our motives. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. It's about God's grace 
God's mercy that allows us to be able to live this life and represent him. And as long as we're in him, all of these spiritual blessings apply. Plus, everything is under Christ's power. So now, no matter what the situation is, I have access to power that will supersede whatever powers I'm under. You see what I mean? So that's why we pray. Because prayer changes things. Yes. So we have a situation that's terrible, that's awful. But we can pray and access power to change that situation. Like this, this is all, these are all these benefits and spiritual blessings that we have access to in Christ. And I pray that as we have delved into who we are in Christ, that we not only stop at who we are, but we take full advantage of all the rights and privileges that we have as those who are in Christ. That we not allow condemnation and guilt and shame and regret and unforgiveness and all these things, personality flaws, family problems, fears, doubts, all this other stuff that would limit us or keep us from fully embracing all that God has for us. That we will allow the Lord to be able to reveal himself to us that we may know what we have in Christ. That we may know, not feel, oh, I feel like I have this. No, that we know we belong to the Lord, that we know the enemy is defeated, that we know that we have the victory, that we know that we are in Christ, that we know we're going to heaven, that, and that we know, you go down the list of all the things that we question about ourselves every day concerning the Lord, that we know we are in his hands, and we know he loves us, mm. and we know how much he loves us. So Lord, we thank you, we praise you, for this day, we thank you, God, for this time and this privilege that you've given us to share, uh, share space to be able to come and commune together as a community and learn about you. We thank you for revealing to us today, especially who we are and everything that you have packaged in to our relationship with Christ, that salvation is not just about avoiding sin. It's not just about going to heaven, but it's about how to live this life in a world that is contrary to you in, in a society where there's so much temptation. And so the lines are blurred, Lord, that you are calling us to truly know who we are so that we might be able to navigate these confusing times. Lord, we we, we be able to navigate the grief and the loss and and even be able to be good stewards of the blessings that you're getting ready to pour out on your people because you're going to bless your people because they represent you. You're going to make your people a safe haven because they represent you. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you for everyone who is listening, everyone who has joined us. I pray a special blessing on them and their families. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them in a brand new way, that they may come into the knowledge of your love for them, that they may come into the wisdom and understanding who you are, that they may come to know you better. That's the point, Lord. So we might know you better, so we might live better, so we might represent you better so that we might help those around us who are looking for you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by what we shared. You can follow us at Sunny Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook, where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.